we've been talking about faith. And I'm going to continue to share with that theme. Uh, back up just a little bit. If you weren't here, uh, I'm not going to go over the whole sermon, but it all started from the book of James, James, the fifth chapter, where it asked the question, Is any suffering, is any among you happy or any sick? Then call for the elders of the church and pray over them, anointing them with oil. And the prayer of faith shall save this sick. And if he's committed any sins, he will be forgiven. And it specifically tells us to pray for one another that you may be healed. That Sunday we talked about the fact that we're all wounded healers. We don't understand everything about faith, but it doesn't keep us from praying and believing in faith. We know that the just shall live by faith. We know that we are sons and daughters of Abraham. Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Last Sunday we looked at the story of Naaman in 2 Kings 5. Naaman was a Syrian commander. You remember he had leprosy. And then he was directed by testimony of a young Israeli girl who was a maid of his wife. And he ends up, this Syrian commander of the armies with leprosy ends up in Israel. Two miracles happen. One is Naaman was told by Elisha to go dip seven times into the Jordan River. He refused at first because of his pride. But then he humbled himself and he went and he dipped seven times. And the Bible, if you remember, tells us that he came out and his skin was like that of a baby. The leprosy was miraculously and instantly healed. The second miracle that happened was that he went back to Elisha, the prophet of Israel, this Syrian commander did, and said, Now I know that there is no other God in all of the earth except the God of Israel. We talked about all that's going on in the Middle East, Syria still today, ISIS, all of that. And still the entire problem is that people won't humble themselves and believe that this is the one true God. That's a miracle when we do. We've come in faith. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe this. So what we believe in our faith matters. So I want to continue with that theme today and talk about your faith. Your faith. Your faith matters. As we've been studying on Wednesday night in the book of James, James reminds us as he opens up, he says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And so we know just literally by that, but many other scriptures, that your faith is going to be tested. And sometimes it comes in some very unusual ways. But your faith is critical when you came to Jesus. Your faith is critical right now in your journey with Him. And it will be all the way to the end, as we'll see here in a moment. So let me begin reading a story in James 9. I chose this one because of the way Jesus addressed these two blind men. So I'm in Matthew 9, verses 28 and 30. And when Jesus had come into the house, the blind men came to Him. Two blind men came to Him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? We are faced oftentimes on our journey, and we know Jesus probably whispers to us, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? So we've wrestled with that ourselves. They said, and they announced, Yes, Lord. So then the Bible says that He touched their eyes and he said this to them, which I want you to receive this and hear this. He said, according to your faith, let it be to you. Your faith. According to your faith. He looked at these two blind men. According to your faith, then, if you believe that I'm able to do this, according to your faith, then let it be to you. And the Bible says that their eyes were opened. Now here's another twist to our faith being tested. It's found in Luke 22, verses 31 and 32. Again, Jesus addresses one of his disciples, Simon, Simon, Simon Peter, the one that 
walked on water, the one who oftentimes addressed his faith issues, but he also struggled and he failed, and that's why we like old Simon Peter. So he addresses him and says, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you. What? Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brothers and your sisters. Let me spend just a little bit of time on this and give you a children's object lesson. First off, it's strange that Jesus looked straight at one of his disciples and specifically says that Satan has asked for you. Go back and read the book of Job, the oldest book in the Bible. The story's the same. Satan came and asked for Job. I don't understand all the theology of that. I just know what the Word says. And this is New Testament. This is not the only time that happened. Even to the Apostle Paul in second chapter, second chapter of Corinthians, the 12th verse, where it says that he was a, a messenger of Satan was sent to him. A messenger of Satan sent to Paul to buffet him that he might not be uh, above measure, uh, exalted above measure. And so that's where he claimed that my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. A messenger of Satan? And now we have Jesus saying to Simon Peter, a disciple, that Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat? Now in that day and time to sift wheat, they oftentimes would throw the wheat up in the air and the chaff, would, the wind would catch it and the seeds were heavy and they would fall down. And, and then as time came, they used a cloth material and then eventually a screen of some kind and they would, they would sift and they would get the, the seed, the wheat out and get all the chaff out. Well, I have a, a sifter here. This is a flour sifter. Now, if you're old like me, you might remember seeing one of these. And some of you are nodding. You know what this is. You sift out that flour. There's a screen in here. Y'all probably have never seen one. And it turns around and it sifts flour. It sifts it through and it makes it fine. And there was a day in time, Mr. Martin, that you'd sift the wheat. Because it was lumpy, you'd get a big bag, of, and you'd get the lumps out, but you'd also get the weevils out. Some of y'all grinning. Some of y'all have eaten a weevil in your biscuit. Now, just go ahead and admit it. But I'm, I know that sometimes you can sift it, and you look down in there, there's a weevil, and you get those lumps out, and you sift it so it'll bake better. Sometimes I find that my faith feels like that sometimes. It gets tumbled around. It gets tested according to what it says. And here... Jesus has said, Satan has asked for you. Again, theologically, for me to wrap my mind all around that, I don't perfectly understand, but I want to I make this. He had to ask. Did you notice what Jesus said? Satan had to ask for you. So know that he's in charge. Jesus is in charge. But also notice of that interesting statement that the first thing that Jesus looked at him and prayed for was his faith. I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail you, which would also let us in on the fact that our faith can fail at times. And it does. And I'll confess to you, mine does. Mine gets tumbled around sometimes. It gets beat up. It gets tested. But it's for the point of having perseverance. Your faith is very important to you. The last scripture I want to read to you this morning is 2 Timothy 1.12, which I quoted earlier. Paul wrote two letters, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. They're short letters to this young man, this young preacher boy by the name of Timothy. And he says this, For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know. I know in whom I have believed. 
and I'm persuaded that God's able. Some days I'm not able, but God's able to keep that which I have committed unto Him until that day. So I want to ask you, how important is your faith? How important is your faith? Because your faith is is critical in your walk with Jesus. So how is your faith this morning? Ephesians 2.8 tells us, For by grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So grace and faith mingle together and we receive Christ. So if you have a personal relationship with Jesus, you came through faith. You don't get it any other way. Hebrews 11.6, I've quoted it the last two Sundays. For without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that God is a rewarder of them that would diligently seek Him. So faith is critical in this. We come by faith. So I ask you again, how is your faith? Because your faith is extremely important to you in your walk with Jesus Christ. I'm going to read in a moment from Hebrews 11. It's about people of faith. I sometimes imagine, and I did this week since we traced ourselves all the way back to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and their faith. I wonder if Abraham were to walk in here one day. Ray, what do you think we'd do? What kind of questions would we ask? What would we ask Abraham? How did you do it? How could you take your son Isaac, whom you had believed for the promise, and yet trusted God to just follow through with obedience? He operated in faith. The Bible says that it was accounted unto Abraham. It was accounted unto that he believed God. It was accounted unto him for righteousness. So your faith and his faith matter. I thought of one other, and that was Mary Magdalene. You remember she was a friend of Jesus. She was also a disciple. She's in all four of the Gospels. But we know the miraculous deliverance and grace that Jesus sent in her life. You'll also remember this, that Mary Magdalene was the one who showed up and helped prepare Jesus' body for His burial. And then who was the first one to see Him alive? It was her. We've been studying just walk across the room, share our testimony. She didn't just walk across the room. She ran across Jerusalem. She found all the other believers. She went right up and telling them, I found Him. He's alive. She was a woman of faith. I wonder if she showed up at each of our United Methodist women's circles what kind of questions we would ask her and what would she tell us. Would she tell us that her faith matters? Would she tell us that your faith matters? I think she would. It is about faith. I thought also, what if she came to the men of the well? There's a bunch of men at our church that meet every Thursday morning. Todd's a part of them. Mark Condry is, and several of you are. And I met with them a few weeks ago. I wonder if Mary Magdalene showed up to those men and said, Hey, I've seen him. How's your faith? Hebrews 11. Let me read part of it. Y'all, we got football going on, and some of y'all watched some football the last few days. Can I get an amen or an oh me, depending on if your team won or not? And by the way, what about those Gavs and Titans? They won. Hebrews 11 is called the Hall of Faith, not the Hall of Fame, but the Hall of Faith. I want to read to you verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, it is the evidence of things not seen. For by it, that is by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are, are, are seen were not made of things which are visible. How do we know that the Creator created everything? We believe in faith, that God spoke and it came into existence. 
We operate in faith. And then on and on in Hebrews 11, and I want you to read it sometime today or tomorrow. It uses the phrase, by faith, by faith, by faith. And you're going to get sick of me saying it, but I'm going to say it. By faith, Abel. And it gives a little information about each of these ones in Hebrews 11, so you go read it. By faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. By faith, the walls of Jericho came down. And on and on it keeps repeating by faith. All of these things having obtained a good testimony through faith. How important is your faith? These two blind men that came to Jesus, they came up and they addressed Him. And Jesus said, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. Did you know there's 18 specific stories in the New Testament where Jesus either healed someone, He delivered them, or blessed them with some blessing. And He turned around to the one that He was talking to and He point blank looked at him and said, your faith has made this possible. So we know that faith is important. Our faith is critical. I mentioned the Apostle Paul. These two letters, two short, few chapters in 2 Timothy 1 and 2 Timothy, the second chapter. Those two books. But 37 times he mentions the word faith. Here are a few of his quotes. Continue in faith. Some will depart from the faith. Some have strayed from the faith. Then he says, fight the good fight of faith, Timothy. Fight. Genuine faith. And then Paul's last reference to faith is, I have kept the faith. Don't underestimate the power of your faith. I mentioned earlier that I love 2 Timothy 1.12. My business cards that I change every time when I go to a new church, but I know at least for the last 18 years my business cards that has Gadsden, Methodist Church, Harvey Beck, basic information. But down at the bottom, I have on my card, I know in whom I have believed. 2 Timothy 1.12. You know, when it comes to faith, when it comes to believing, and the word trust, for me, these three words are, are definitely tied together. Faith and believing and trust. But I find that trust is one that, that helps me to hang on when I don't understand everything about faith when I realize that Satan may have asked or that I don't understand or I believe in faith and it doesn't happen the way that I think. But trust, trust helps me to go back. And what Paul, I think, is trying to teach us is in those times when Jesus is praying for your faith that you can claim like Paul because what we do is we put our faith in a person, not in everything that we can see or don't see or don't understand. But I know whom I have believed. He puts his trust in a person. Remind you also that Paul was on death row when he wrote this. You remember in the last book, he's in a prison cell, possibly by candlelight flickering, and he's in there writing on his parchment, sending it out to young Timothy. And he writes about faith. There he is in that prison cell. And he says, I know in whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that God's able to keep what I have committed unto him until that day, Timothy. He also says that my departure is at hand. Those are dying words. Historically, we have it. We don't have it in the Bible, but historically, we're told that Paul was decapitated. His head was cut off. And so he knows he's, he's, he's going to die. He knows this. He's, he even wrote it in the letter that he sent. 
And I wonder if, if while he's sitting here on death row, if he thinks back over his life of all the shipwrecks, all the abuse and him being near stoned into death, and all that he'd been through for the sake of Christ, and he realizes this is one but of his last letter that he's writing. And he knows he's going to die. He's not going to leave that place. And I wonder if Paul thinks back over it all and, 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 and really narrows it down to what really matters. Because he has nothing. And so what do you have in life that really matters? Perhaps Paul is saying to us, I, I have faith. It's all I have. But it's all I need. Because he says, I've kept the faith. I know in whom I have believed. I say to you and I, when we operate in faith, which we must, for the just shall live by faith, that your faith matters. Your faith matters to God, and, and your faith will carry you through on this journey. And our goal is to persevere. Our goal is to keep the faith. I ask you today, perhaps if Paul could come in here, he might ask us too, how's your faith? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I preach this with conviction of my own faith times when I feel like I'm being sifted and my faith is being tested. Lord, I know I'm not alone in this. I pray for my brothers and sisters to help us grow in our faith and help us to encourage and strengthen one another in our faith and remind us that we put our faith, our trust in a person I know in whom I have believed. And help us to claim that today, even as Paul, I, I know, I know in whom I have believed. Lord, speak to our hearts today through your word, for we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. Uh, closing hymn is, is Blessed Assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. You know that the woman, you can go ahead and stand, the woman who wrote this song was blind. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight, she says. And I sing this in honor of Fanny Crosby who wrote those words as we think about these two blind men that stood before Jesus and said, Let it be according to your faith. Let's sing together, Blessed Assurance. It is hymn number 369. Amen.